The whole problem is the lack of communication, negotiation, boundaries, and clearly established intentions from the start. We all start from a lie, and then we wonder why we don't get what we want. Welcome to Shadow Dominatrix, the podcast. I'm your host, Lois St. Germain. On this show, you can expect to learn all about what makes you tick as we use human design, shadow work, and step into the taboo dom sub world to answer the inner call to become a turned on, unfuckwithable woman of wealth and personal power to become a shadow dominatrix. I promise you it will be liberating, spicy, and certainly kinky. But one thing it will never be, and that's vanilla. Welcome, friends. This week, I want to dive into, um, it might be a a tricky concept to conceptualize, but I'm going to do my best to simplify this so that we can see it playing out with our relationships, and most importantly, with our relationship with ourselves. And the topic is going to be about bratting and what that is, or what is that, you're probably asking, in the traditional sense. So a brat is a submissive who likes to playfully push buttons and break rules in order to provoke attention from their dominant. And this is a very healthy, just or yeah, very healthy version or description of the concept of bratting. And there's also, of course, an unhealthy version that can cause a lot of problems. So, why this topic this week? I was listening to a conversation between a pro-dom and a sub about this very thing. And yes, I told you (laughs) that I am obsessed with this concept of dominance and submission and the immense amount of human psychology that goes into performing these roles in such a um, highly charged situation, right? And I think that we pretend that that isn't playing out every day in our lives in every way because it seems so taboo to think like that, right? But as you know, when I began to approach shadow work, I immediately looked, well, maybe not immediately, but I very shortly, very quickly looked at it from a different perspective of instead of denying that they exist, that our shadows exist, why not embrace and like get really down into the love of them and what they bring to us. So Let me um, summarize the conversation that I was listening to, 
And then I want to show you how we do it in our own relationships with others, but more importantly with ourselves and how to recognize that it's happening and shift out of it. So the conversation was about a submissive who was feigning bratting with her dom, but for her, it wasn't feigning, right? It was from, it wasn't from a place of authenticity. She was testing her dom. So immediately, right, we need to ask why or what was she really trying to get here, right? What was she after? Her dom thought that they were playing, but she wasn't. So what was she looking for? Was it attention, intensity, aggression, greater power gap? Like she was trying to provoke some sort of reaction from her dom. And, you know, perhaps she was really testing the boundaries of her dom, right? By the way, when a submissive tries to dominate in the in this um, situation, it's called topping from the bottom. And we do that all the time in conversations with others, right? We're sub- trying or we're in the submissive position, mean we're in the receiving end of the conversation and we try to um, dominate from that point instead of allowing the submissive the strength of the submissive position to guide the dom. So that can be, especially in um, a professional dom-sub relationship, this could be a very dangerous situation. So she was acting in a way that was not authentic in order to make the dom think think something that's not authentic in order to gauge an authentic reaction from the dom. Now, I know that's kind of a tongue twister and a mental (laughs) twist, but my question would be is, did she think this was an effective way to test him or her, whichever it was, right? So let me give you a couple of examples of what this might look like within ourselves. Get out of the professional world and into our psyche, right? So when the majority of my career, right, was climbing the corporate ladder. And throughout that entire time, I consciously, I said I wanted achievement. And my unconscious gave me achievement after achievement, right? Rung after rung after rung of the ladder, I climbed. Only to find myself unfulfilled, and still feeling unworthy in the end because I didn't articulate what I really desired. It wasn't achievement. It was self-worth. So every time my subconscious helped me create or manifest an achievement, instead of worthiness, it gave me achievement instead of worthiness, which failed the test, right? And it made me trust less that it could ever give me worthiness. Hence, solidifying my belief that I didn't deserve it, or I had to keep working to earn it. 
that it wasn't something that was available to me. And under that false pretense, right, there was no way for it to win, for me to win against myself. It was a it was a totally destructive, dangerous dynamic that I kept repeating over and over. And let me give you another example. When I pretend I don't want what I want, right? And this is all about the shadow. Because in the truth of it all, I want to be saved and I want to be the victim. But I pretend to be tough and nobody's victim. So then I'm treated as such and I end up with a totally overstimulated nervous system that sends me into one of the F's, right? Fight, flight, freeze, fawn, you name it. When deep down inside, I just want to be the damsel in distress. So instead, if I was honest with myself in the beginning, I would have provided my unconscious the opportunity to hold space for me, to soothe and to empathize with me. In these situations, we're basically setting ourselves up with a test that's not passable. And the unconscious doesn't even know it's being tested, right? And we do this all the time in external relationships, right? Especially with our spouse or significant other where we expect them to read our minds. And when they don't, they fail, right? They didn't know they were being tested, right? It's like putting on a pair of pants that are a little snug and walking out and asking your significant other, do I look fat in this? How can they possibly answer that question in a winning, with a winning answer for either party, right? We're looking for a win-win. And out of that, the, the only win that's going to happen is you're going to um, be able to say, see, I told you, he doesn't love me. He thinks I'm fat. She thinks I'm fat, whatever. And that dynamic, <laughs> of course, is not healthy right? When we continue to do this, we're solidifying the mis- the mistrust, right, of the other state of being, if we look at it from a conscious, unconscious standpoint, right? And we think that it's a an effective way of testing someone else or testing ourselves, right? So, maybe we just say uh, dysfunctional, disempowering relationship ahead, right? As we continue to operate in this way. What if instead we just set clear boundaries from the start and then tested to see how well we can hold them and hold space for them? Perhaps negotiating in full honesty and transparency from the very beginning, right? This type of bratting right, is a sign that you don't like what you're doing. When, when we're doing it in an unhealthy way, it's a signal to us that we've had experiences in the past 
and we're testing to see if we can really trust ourselves, right? The, a bad experience in the past. So we have memories of failures, memories of things not going well. And then we have unconscious trauma, like deep down inside also under that same umbrella. But you'll never be able to get an authentic response from something that is inauthentic. And if this is something that you're doing to vet your dominant, right, or to see if you can trust yourself because you don't trust it, then you need to slow down and explore the patterns playing out under this guise. You can play and feign and brat, but if it's not really playing and deep down it feels true, like you're genuinely afraid, so you test in this way, thinking like, I don't want to get fucked over or hurt again. I don't want to let myself down. This isn't just an act. It's not just playing, right? It's real for you. And if you really can't trust yourself, you have to slow down and take a step back and ask yourself, what is really happening here? This sort of play, if you will, is very manipulative. And it's creating a two-way distrust. It's a form of um, self-preservation, right? You're looking at it from a self-preservation standpoint. And if we boil it all down, the whole problem is the lack of communication, negotiation, boundaries, and clearly established intentions from the start. We all start from a lie And then we wonder why we don't get what we want. So this begs the question, how do we know we're starting from a lie? Because most people don't even know they're doing this. And I want to give you several ways to recognize when you are in a lie, right? Or starting in in the starting gate of a lie. And the first one is triggers, <laughs> especially if they evoke an outburst or some type of internal self-talk. If someone does something or says something that causes you to respond or react in any type of um, aggressive or angry mode, you're operating from a lie, right? Or you're starting the conversation from a lie because it's not the thing that the person just did that's bothering you. It's the fact that somewhere inside you do that to yourself or you do it to others or you believe that it's true about you. Even if it's a fraction of belief, it's going to spark right? This type of reaction. And the bigger the reaction, the bigger the the lie, I guess, if you want to look at it from that, the bigger the starting point or the more visibly uh, obvious it is. The second one 
is passive aggression. Okay, ladies, you know that's our favorite go-to because we don't know how to ask for what we want or say what we mean. We have no idea what our real yeses and nos are. So we use passive aggression because we have some unmet emotional need, but we lack the emotional awareness or intelligence to ask for help. That one is huge. It is a huge signal. Like it's a flare going up, telling you, warning, danger ahead, right? And the third one I want to give you is we, when we're repeating patterns that keep us stuck in some way, in relationships, in money, in weight, in sabotage, however you want to look at it, right? When you recognize a pattern, it's so important that you dig into what's causing this behavior because it can be powerful data collection, right? To look at all of the places that you see something playing out so that you can get down to the root of what's really going on and address it once and for all, right? So just to recap, triggers, passive aggression, and unwanted repetitive patterns. Any of those will indicate that you are starting from an inauthentic place, a lie of some sort to yourself normally or usually, right? All of this can be interpreted as emotional manipulation, We do or say things we don't mean in order to trigger a response that we don't want. So that kind of goes back to um, the story I was telling you, right, of what she was doing. She was manipulating the Dom who thought that she was playing, but she wasn't really playing in order to get him to give her an authentic response. And there's no way that he could right? Or she could. All of this is our cry for help. Emotional manipulation comes from fear and self-preservation. So the real test or the authentic test would be to express your true feelings and fears to yourself and then gauge a reaction or a response. Versus using a manipulative mindfuck game, right? We have to be honest with ourselves about all of our shit and see how our unconscious reacts to that. Can, can we hold space for ourselves, right? How do we make that shift? How do we begin to work on creating safety and trust within ourselves so that we can start from a place of honesty and a place of realness with people so that they don't have to play these games? 
So the in the conversation that I was listening to, she gave three points. The pro-dom gave three ways to um, shift and adjust this in in that situation. So want to review those and then we'll apply them to ourselves. The first was create greater clarity about when the role starts and ends so that the dominant knows. Include boundaries about how you're behaving, what words you can say, not say, what words would be interpreted as disheartening or disrespectful, etc. Right? For applied to ourselves, this would come up any time that you want to step outside of your comfort zone or the moment that you see the lie happening, right? We need to stop midstream and reset. Have a conversation with yourself, right? Ask yourself or tell your unconscious, say, look, I want to have this conversation with my boss. I want to have this tough conversation with my spouse. I want to go live on Instagram, whatever it is. I want to post this kind of um, polarizing, controversial post. And let yourself know, hey, I want to do this. I know it feels scary, but I'm asking you to work with me while we do that. And I promise to witness the emotions that are coming up and keep checking in and testing to see how you're doing. And then go do it. It's such a different experience when we do it in that way, right? We've elicited the cooperation of our unconscious and of our nervous system to help us actually do the thing that we want to do instead of saying, just suck it up. I'm doing it and you just need to adjust, right? You need to get over yourself which is how we normally do it. The second tip she had was establish cue words or safe words. Um, and both the dominant and submissive use these type of words, right? But in this case, she was saying, um, let the dom know that when you say certain things, you don't really mean it so that they know that this is part of the play and it's not real, right? So saying things like, oh, this is so stupid. To ourselves, we might say, I'm so stupid. So we have to alert ourselves that we don't really mean that. We just meant that we kind of screwed that up, right? When we use these to alert ourselves, um, it immediately lets us know, oh, wait a minute, I just stepped into a lie, right? So if we stay with the example of weight loss, when we're having self-talk, like, I never lose weight, I'll never lose this weight, or I'll always be fat, or this one piece won't hurt me. When we know ahead of time that these responses or these thoughts are going to come up, we can solve for them beforehand, right? So if I know that 
these are sentences that I usually say that derail me, I can sit down and say, hey, I know that this feeling, that this thought is going to come up. And when it does, this is how I'm going to respond in a loving, caring, nurturing way versus, well, screw it. I'll just stay fat or I'll just stay this weight. Nobody will love me anyway, right? Instead of going down that hole of sabotage, we can pre-plan. So keywords. And then the last tip that she had was express gratitude outside of the role, right? It's called aftercare in that space. But express the gratitude about the freedom you found in the role. And this will validate the experience for the DOM as well. Gratitude for the space they held for you, right? They let you brat or feign and they didn't get offended. They were, very, they were secure enough to hold the space for you. And this is a beautiful way to circle back and pour out gratitude and worship for being able to play that way. So let's, if we had that, we were going to post something controversial, right? And we elicited the cooperation in the beginning and we went through the process. We still had the vibration of discomfort and maybe a little bit of fear, but we did, we did the thing anyway. And in the end, it felt so good. And we got good response, external responses on top of that. Now I can circle back with myself and express gratitude for being to being able to safely, um, expose the lie or safely work through the the action in a healthy way, right? Of being able to tell myself the truth and holding that discomfort while doing the thing, right? All of this creates a quantum move towards self-trust, self-love, self-worth, all of the self things that we so desperately seek but we don't know how to ask for. So let's recap real quick, right? There's always a dom sub dynamic playing out. And if it involves any emotional manipulation, that's a sign of fear and need for self-preservation. We can recognize it in our triggers, in passive aggression, in unwanted repeated patterns, And we can shift out of it by establishing clear intentions and boundaries, creating keywords or sentences to help us course correct in the moment, and then expressing self-gratitude for the space we held for our expansion. This process is incredibly powerful in moving you closer to the authentic, bold dominatrix that you're meant to be. So until next week, I bid you goodbye. If you'd like to continue to play in the dark, I'd love to have you join me inside the Inner Power Portal text membership, where we dive deep into all things human design, shadowy, and mentally kinky. We expand and push the limits of our edges all within the safety of a two-way text portal. If you're ready for the depth Join me at text.shadowdom.com. 
That's text, T-E-X-T, dot, shadow, S-H-A-D-O-W, D-O-M-M-E, dot com. I can't wait to see you on the inside.